financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler, along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Hello. Well, hello, Jess. How are you? I am excellent, and we have a guest this week. We have a very special guest today. We have Joel. Joel is a local guy who's been a client of ours for years and recently recently had an experience that he has been uh, generous enough and brave enough to come on the air and share with us in, in the hopes that he will prevent other people from having the same experience. Hi, Joel. Uh, hello there. I'm sorry you're not joining us under better circumstances, but what, what happened? Well, uh, I had... Uh... Uh, a guy stop out of the blue saying that they had a leftover pavement mm. from a paving job and uh, they could do my driveway for cheap and I so I allowed them to take to to do the job and did you pay up uh, front no actually there was no contract there was they didn't give me an estimate even though I tried several times to get an idea of how much this thing was going to run before they even started. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just smoke screened me all the way through until the job was done. And then and then the price comes out. You know, just the reason I wanted to have Joel on the air, and I'm so glad that he agreed to do this, is that we talk often about these scams. And sometimes I run into people and they say, I hear you on the air talking about that. Who would ever fall for those things? Mm-hmm. And I always say the same thing. You have to understand how clever the people are that are perpetrating these scams. If they weren't, they would never make any money, and they would stop scamming people. But this scam is so prevalent that, and we can tell the story, but when when Joel called me, what happened? But when we were talking to the Attorney General's office, I got as far as to say, so let me tell you what happened here briefly. I said, a man pulled into his driveway, and she stopped us cold, and Joe can correct me if I'm wrong. I got that far. A man pulled into his driveway, Mm -hmm. and the woman at the attorney general's office said, oh, pavement scam. Oh, so they've gotten a bunch of calls already. Isn't that true, Joe? Oh, yes, absolutely. She, She stopped us cold and told us what the problem was. Oh, no. Yeah, and then when we got to the bank, and again, we'll talk to people about what they need to do to prevent this or how to correct it if it happens. Um, when when Joel got to the bank and we talked to the banker, she said immediately, well, you're, you need to understand, you're not the first person to fall for this. A lot of people are scammed like this, you know, because it's so typical for people who have been scammed to be very embarrassed, very shy, uh, and to not want to admit to anybody that they've been scammed. And that's what makes them pay the people, mm-hmm. right? They they don't want to tell anybody, so they say, oh, i got to correct this, I've got to pay this, I, you know, don't tell anybody, because you feel foolish. But in Joel's case, you know, this guy pulls into his driveway, Joel asks him for a quote, doesn't get it, instead he gets the, the smooth approach, you know, oh, don't worry, it's extra, we got to put it down, it's going to be cheap. And we're not talking about a little cold patch at the end of your driveway, folks, right? We're not talking about we got a couple of shovels left in the truck. Do you want us to patch up this hole? Mm-hmm. These people told him they had enough pavement to do his entire driveway, which is fairly long. 
Yeah, but I could say, too, like that these scams are situational because that does make sense. There might be some jobs that you use less, you know, stuff to pave the driveway and you had it extra and could be trying to make a few extra bucks. I mean, I might fall for this, too. Well, I think it is really common. But I was saying to Joel, you know what? If they had so much extra pavement on their trucks, Mm -hmm. they had enough to do your entire driveway. A, they're not very good at their job or B. It's already been paid for. Mm. Somebody else who they did a legitimate job for got charged twice as much. Right. Maybe. Now, we don't know for sure, but this is how these things happen. So now they've got pavement, free pavement in their truck. They're going to get anything they can for it. And they drive around and they look for people who don't have a paved driveway. And they do this. So, Joel, will you talk a little bit about what happened when the guy came into your driveway, you know, he looked professional. He had, you know, the right things to say. How how did this happen that you felt like, okay, I need to pull the trigger right now and say yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I think my brain went into neutral somewhere along the way there. But um, he was he, he pulled in and well, he was super friendly and he was. Uh, did he seem professional? He, he seemed professional, but he was also very talkative. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, whenever I uh, whenever I hemmed and hawed, it was like he he came up with some statement that kept me from speaking. So he kind oh, of had a, he kind of had an answer to everything. Yeah, answer to everything. Yes, that's that's the way to put it. And uh, except for answer to specific questions like how much is this going to cost. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I should have I should have shut it down there, right there. But I didn't. And as, as soon as as soon as he got an okay, yeah, I uh, okay, uh, I'll let you do it. The trucks were here within five minutes. Wow. Mm. They were. I mean, they were. They were just up the road. I didn't know that. Yeah. But when, and then. Uh, they had well there was there was there was three pavement trucks and there was one of which they they took pavement out of that I think the other two might have been empty but I'm not sure and they had all the equipment all the people everybody was there and yeah. uh they just wanted to get it down fast I guess yeah. you know and get get out of there it's interesting when um when Joel called me and told me this, I started to call people that I knew mm-hmm. who didn't have paved driveways, and I started to say, you need to be aware of the scam. Yeah. And some people thanked me immediately, but my sister, who I called, said, oh, my gosh, no, we know all about that. People were here two days ago. Mm. This. this is my own sister. This is a pretty small world here, right? And uh, she said the same thing. The guy pulled in in a, in a truck that was marked with company information. He got out, and he explained that he had extra pavement, and they had to put it somewhere or it was going to harden in the truck, and they can't have that, all of these logical explanations. So she said, she's pretty sharp, but she said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll allow you to get it out of your truck and put it down here so that you don't have to pay the fee to get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) And they said, oh, no, 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 they they wanted to, you know, get her to pay money, and she just said, look, I I think it's time that you leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they did leave. Now, in Joel's case, the way that we found out about this is poor Joel called me first thing the next morning. I think it was 7.30 in the morning. My phone rang, you know. Can you call me immediately? 
So the people had paved his driveway, and then the reason the scam has worked on so many people is because you, you feel like a heel. Like they did their job, the pavement's in your driveway, you're supposed to pay them. Let me just point out that they didn't give an estimate in advance. They didn't give a quote. They didn't get a signed contract. By the way, they didn't pull a permit. Hello, town, are you listening? They didn't pull a permit. Right? <laughs> and yeah. threw this pavement down, rolled it out, and then at the end there was a part that he wanted fixed, and they said they'd send a guy back in a few days or whatever. Um, are, so you, you could are, you required to, are you required to pay for that then, though, if, they, if none of that happened? So that would be the point, wouldn't it? Okay. <laughs> so Joel has a free driveway right now. Uh, let's talk about that for a moment, the legality of that. And, and I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, in Massachusetts, we have a three-day right to rescind. If you decide you're going to buy windows from somebody and you sign the contract, you have three days to change your mind and say, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? That's to give people time to to get their feet under them instead of feeling like they signed something under duress. In Joel's case, they didn't give him any estimate. They just showed up on the spot, which is how these things work. You know, there's a lot of pressure here. Hey, we got it. We got to hurry up and make this decision. We got to get it out of our truck. We'll put it down. It'll be really cheap, blah, 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 blah. That term fast talker comes to mind when I just did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they come and they put the driveway down. And meanwhile, the guy who's quote, the bird dog. He's the guy that goes out and tries to find the person who's going to who's going to pay the money, right? So he's bird dogging it. He's got the trucks up the street, and the story is almost always the same. We're doing a job up the street, and we have this extra pavement. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with it? And again, this pavement has probably been paid for by somebody else who has also been duped who doesn't even know it. They just got a quote for twice as much money or enough money to cover the materials, and they've paid their part. And now these guys have some free free pavement mm-hmm. that, that they want to get down. And you've got a driveway that needs to be paved, and it's a very expensive thing. And when the guy shows up and says, we'll do it for cheap, you know, it seems like, okay, i got an opportunity knocking here. I have to make this decision right away. So your question is, are you required to pay for it? And what I said to Joel when he called me, poor Joel, he called me and said, you know, I, they wanted one check right away, and they asked for a post-dated check for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. After he talked them down, and I'll, I'll let Joel talk about that, but uh, you can't do a post-dated check in Massachusetts. It's good the moment you write it. So we had to move fast, and we did, and Joel was, you know, thankfully saved, we saved his money. But, you know, then the guy tried calling him and all of that. But maybe, you know, are you required to pay for it? Again, not an attorney, but I'm going to say no. <laughs> Well, and also I'm, when you're talking about a right to rescind for three days, once it's poured on your driveway, you, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Well, the right to rescind would come into play if he had actually signed a contract. Mm-hmm. But they didn't ask him to sign a contract. They just put the pavement down. Later, the guy walked up and said, here, sign this, which uh, I think is somewhat of an invoice, uh, after the fact. And that's when Joel... Well, Joel, tell us that's when you found out what. <laughs> well, let's get to the story for the second half here because we're running out of time, and I, there's definitely so much more to the story. So first, let me get your phone number. Thank you. It's 413-773-3333. Or you can visit HugYourMoney.com, and we will hear directly from Joel coming up for part two of Financial Fitness with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram. That's next on WHMP. Have you heard about Get the Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high-quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to GetTheTea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. 
That's GetTheTea.com. Enter code TEA123 to get 10% off your order exclusively for my listeners. Again, GetTheTea.com, code TEA123. Order today. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler, along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, and we have a special guest today. That's you, Joel. <laughs> oh, okay. That's me. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Joel. We've been hearing about your story. You kind of got scammed some pavement. Can you tell us what happened? Oh, well, uh, I already mentioned it. This this guy drives in out of the blue. He's got an official uh, a pickup uh, with equipment on it and uh, signage on it and talks to me about having leftover payment from a previous job. Uh, says he thinks he's sure he's got enough to, to do my driveway and uh, it'd be cheap. And less than half price and all of this stuff. And uh, I couldn't get him to give me a quote, uh, a guesstimate, an estimate. He wouldn't take his measurer out and measure the driveway to give me an idea how much it would be. And in spite of all that, I allowed it to happen and and told him yes. And like five to seven minutes later, all trucks pulled down down the road. Had three paving trucks. One that they were wanting to empty the the paver, the the small roller out machine that they had, and, and I don't know a crew of seven to ten people, maybe more. And um, they just you know they dug out some part of the drive that needed needed leveling and stuff, and they did that and put the pavement down. Uh, the guy that was doing the roller machine was actually identified to me as, as the guy's father. And I asked him, well, how much is this going to be cost? And he didn't tell me. And, and he just referred me to the son. Mm-hmm. He would not say. And uh, in, in the process, I, I, I just didn't get a price. And at the end of the whole thing, came down and he had his calculator in his hand. He measured it out and said it was 80 by 10 and a half feet. Now I measured the width. It's not 10 and a half feet. It's nine and a half feet. Mm-hmm. I have to measure the length of it. And I'll do that today, but um, I'm pretty sure that's probably not accurate either. But by his chosen measurements, he he uh, got a bottom line of $8,820. Wow. And I told him, I said, this is why I told you I wanted a price quote. I don't have that money. Mm-hmm. And and he said, well, yeah, you can, you can just, you know, just, you know, let me know how much, how much you can, you know. And, so, and, he, and I just kept insisting I didn't, I couldn't afford it. And it came down eventually to 7000 and then I went in and uh, checked my bank account and figured out I could give him a check for 1800 and that was all I could give him. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much wiped out, would have wiped out uh, my extra emergency funds. And um, when I told him, I said, well, I have this $1,800, I can give you a check for that now, and I don't have any more. Mm-hmm. And he... I don't know where along the way I must have mentioned that I had an IRA or something. And he said, well, you can tap your IRA. It only takes like three, four day business days to get that money. And and uh, you can post a check for next week and all that. And 
they were standing on my deck, and I knew darn well they weren't going to leave until they had something in hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started writing the checks out, he wanted me to write the first check, the $1,800 check, to him personally, Robert Cooper. Um, and I wrote it out, and then the other one to the business for 5000 post-dated for what would be this week. And I asked him, why the personal check? Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, it's a, it's a way to avoid taxes. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Hmm. I, I mean, that was his direct comment. He, he, there was no hesitation in his, in, you know, he just figured he had me, I guess. And um, yeah. then we, they, and then, you know, all the other trucks were getting loaded up and everything, and everybody else was scattering to their vehicles. And uh, some of them had driven off. I was walking the distance of the, tr- of the pavement with him, this guy. Mm-hmm. Rob and uh, the the edge up towards the road was wasn't smoothed out. It was there was a ridge there, and I know my plow guy would you know he'll catch that and tear it right out. Mm-hmm. In addition to maybe damaging his truck, so I told him I said this has got it. This isn't right. I said that's got to be smooth uh, a smooth scene so that the plow the plow guy can get through here without damaging anything. And he mentioned, oh, maybe I'll, I'll have somebody come up and uh, put a patch in there. Maybe we'll go right to the road and all of that. And, mm-hmm. But now, you know, looking at hindsight, he's just throwing, throwing a lot of crap out. Right. So you get the, So you call Francis, and Francis, you get this call, and then what, what do you do? Yeah, so I'd like to talk a little bit about how these scams happen and then also but what we did. So the first thing we did is... You know, Joel called me really embarrassed. You can even hear it in his voice now, like I allowed this to happen, you know. The guilt and the shame is always there in these scams. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're calling me, you want to get money out of your IRA, you spend your emergency savings. What? No, stop, stop. Tell me about this paving thing. So he tells me, and I say, you know, I this has scam written all over it. Mm-hmm. So immediately, you know, I was trying to think of where he could get very quick legal advice. He had written these checks at at 7 o'clock at night, uh, and he was calling me at 7.30 in the morning the next day. And I'm thinking, we've got to stop payment on these checks and get some legal advice. And we weren't going to get an attorney to respond that quickly, but we did call the attorney general's office, who does not give legal advice, but they're a consumer advocacy group. And that's the woman who said immediately when I said a guy pulled into his driveway and she stopped us and said, oh, pavement scam. Right. So first thing was that he had to file a complaint with the uh, attorney general's office, which he's done. Mm-hmm. Second thing was he needed to file a police report. Now, Joel lives in a very small town, and there were no police on duty for the weekend, but they did send a state police officer to his house to take this report, which he gave. And then the third thing, which got, we got on very quickly, was get to the bank and stop payment on these checks. Mm-hmm. And so Joel got there in like 10 minutes. And while he was there, something happened that I'd like Joel to tell you. And then I'll tell you a little bit more about why these scams are successful. Okay. Well, we uh, I, I got to the bank, and I was in, in the process. Well, the bank the bank's suggestion was to cancel the entire checking account and start a new one. Okay. Uh, in the process. But I, I got in there, and, I, and the first thing to do was, was sign the stop payment on those two checks. And probably about, I don't know, maybe 
seven to ten minutes after I signed that stop payment on those, he tried to cash the first check. Ooh. That and was that close. <laughs> and you're still at the bank, and they're telling you this, right? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, uh, one of the tellers came into the office where we were and and said uh, just to confirm that I had signed the stop payment on that check. So they, call, I mean, it was a different branch that was checking in on this on this thing because they they had made a, a state uh, a statement of. Uh, stop payment when we called the bank, but I had to sign the paper to make sure it, it you know, it, it was confirmed. That's so good you so, got there before they could do it. It, it is. I mean, when we were trying to get Joel to the bank quickly enough to stop payment on it, I did ask the uh, person I was speaking to from the bank, can you put like a super stop on it, meaning you stop all checks because the worry, the reason the bank wanted him to open a new account is when you've got somebody unscrupulous already trying to rip you off, you don't know if they're going to try to mimic the checks or, you know, they've got your account information at that point. Mm -hmm. So she was ready to put a super stop on it, which means nothing comes through. And Joel was saying, wait, I have an automatic payment. I have this, you know, it's complicated, right? These People turn your life upside down. But, in fact, he got there quickly enough to stop the payment on these two checks. Now, after that, you know, the reason I wanted him to put a police report in, in addition to the obvious, is, you know, you just had an experience with 10 guys hanging around your deck waiting for you to write a check. Now, if that's not under duress, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think he's very brave to come on the air and talk about this and to have held his ground on this. Many people would have said, well, you know, the pavement's in my driveway. I would have had it paid someday anyway. I guess I have the money. I guess I'll pay it. Mm-hmm. And that's why these scams are perpetuated, you know, that that they do, that the amount of guilt they can make you feel because they've done work in your on your property. But you have to stand your ground and say, no, I know my rights. You didn't give me a quote. You came in instantly. Let's just do the work right now. Never a price. After the fact, you give me a bill and you ask me to sign it. This is not okay with 10 guys standing around doing the work, you know, and and as he said, after he signed the check, they scattered, right? They have the money. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that extra check was not, in fact, to avoid taxes, although I'm sure there's plenty of that that never gets reported. The way these things often work is you have one person who's what I call a bird dog. They go out in their little pickup truck and they drive around and they look for you know, suspecting houses, right? This this looks like uh, it doesn't have a driveway and it looks like the guy maybe, you know, has enough money or can't afford much or whatever they're looking for. And then that person goes in and nails the deal. Now, admittedly, the people that work for him or her may not know they're working for a scam artist at all. Mm-hmm. They may be just going out doing their job. But usually what happens is something like this. The bird dog comes up to you and says, I want you to write two checks, one for 1800 and the other one you can post it for 5000 He takes the 1800 and puts it in his pocket. He goes back to the crew and says, look, we just got $5,000 for this job. Here it is, a post-dated check. See it? Mm-hmm. So they think they're getting paid on a $5,000 job. Now, maybe they all are in on the scam, maybe not. We don't know. But certainly the guy who is asking you for two checks, one made out to him personally, which never should be the case, knows darn well what's happening. The second one gets made out to the company, and now these people think that driveway costs $5,000. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, this guy's got his 1800 in the pocket plus his share of the $5,000 when they get it. 
So when I said it had scam written all over it, I really mean all over it. You know, so so Joel ended up, you know, calling me, as I said, wanting this money. And it isn't, I mean, it's his money. He can have it for whatever he wants. But it didn't sound like he was very happy about having agreed to this. Right. Now, I will say on the other side of the coin, if a contractor does work on your house and you don't pay them, their recourse is to go to court and get something called a mechanics lien. In other words, they can lien against your house for the cost of the work. And if you sell your house, they get paid. Mm-hmm. However, it has to be a legal contract. <laughs> you know, hey, I had a scam and he didn't pay me. I'm guessing isn't going to fly too well in court, not that you would go there. So, right. But it's so scary. I mean, picture that just for a moment, that image of these guys standing around. And as Joel said, they weren't going to leave until they got a check. Oh, yeah, it definitely sounds yeah. intimidating and also something that a lot, a lot of people obviously are believing them because of all the phone calls coming in. Yes. So, Joel, will you, we, we don't have a lot of time left, but will you tell me what kind of contact you, they've had with you since and what, what has happened? Because I've been privy to your messages, but let's just tell people how this is playing out. Well, the, uh, that, of course, that was in Friday morning that I canceled those checks and, and I got numerous calls. Most of them were uh, unidentifiable calls on the caller ID. Uh, One, he left a message stating, this is a paving guy, call me back. That one phone number was on the caller ID. I I just did not make contact with him. I didn't answer any of the phone calls. Mm -hmm. And... um, over the last 24 hours, there's been no calls. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, if I'll hear from them again or not. But I, well, I always let the answer machine take it if it's something I don't know uh, who it is. Yeah, and I think the good news is I, I did get a text from Joel saying, you know, do I call this guy back? And I said, under no circumstances, do you engage with this person again. Mm-hmm. Right? It's already been almost disastrous once. They're slick. You don't talk to them. Right. But the best news here is Joel has filed a police report with the state police, and he knew who he was dealing with. It wasn't like, hey, there was some guy on the phone I can't find. He had company information, phone numbers, you know, people's uh, appearances, descriptions. He had all of that. So my guess would be by now the state police have contacted this guy, and that's why Joel's not hearing from them. (laughs) So, you know, it's really, these scams are always awful, but this one... I never like any of them, but this one I think is particularly terrible because it has the the element of invasion. Mm-hmm. They know where they live, they've been there, they've done work, they've they've shown you that there's you know ten guys hanging around with big trucks, and you know what I mean. Yeah, it's but, an invasion but, definitely of your privacy. Violet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, Joel is no shrinking violet, and he knows how to stand his ground. I really I'm, hope this I hope this works out, and I hope you end up getting a free driveway out of it, and they catch this guy for sure. Well, it would be it would be good to know that uh, we could at least uh, protect some folks in the area here. I don't know how, how if this guy is even from this area, but uh, I'd like to shut him down if that's possible. But at least make people aware that they're around the area. I I just want to say one last thing in in closing. Uh, if Joel's voice sounds familiar to people listening. 
It's because he has been a client for years, and he was generous enough some time ago to come to the radio station and talk about being what he called a hamster in the wheel. <laughs> and so you will hear that, that spot from time to time, and that's the same Joel that is coming to the airwaves now to try and protect other people from something that was nearly disastrous for him. Joel, thank you so much for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank I want to get uh, your phone number one more time. Thanks. It's 413-773-3333. And you can always visit HugYourMoney.com. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Financial Fitness with The Money Doctor on WHMP. Have you heard about Get The Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to getthetea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off, it should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 for 10% off exclusively for my listeners. Getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, The Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well, all under the Hug Your Money umbrella. I'm Shannon. I'm Kevin. You know, this whole thing kind of makes it sound like we're living on pennies and everything. No. No. We're not. We consistently have a whole bunch more money. Yes. For ourselves. Even with getting our debt paid off sooner. We've had two out-of-state trips, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten days. She still has plenty of her own spending money, and I still have plenty of my spending money. So, yeah, can't say enough about it. It was worth it. It was. It's very eye-opening, and it just definitely, Shannon convinced me, and it's been second best move of my life. It just gives you a peace of mind, really. Can't say it enough. A relief. A relief. Yeah, it's (laughs) been fun. Debt, budget, retirement. Hug works best when we work together. Schedule your free consultation with a Hug Your Money coach today. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented. Have you heard about Get the Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high-quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to GetTheTea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 to get 10% off your order exclusively for my listeners. Again, getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. Financial literacy and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Good morning. Good morning, Jess. How are you? I'm great. In studio again. I love this and you do not come alone. I do not come alone, but I do love to be in the studio here. It's, there's something about being live, you know, in-house mm-hmm. that is different. But no, again, we've got a wonderful guest today. I'm very excited to have her here. And her name is Sonida Batista, and she's from Clarity Wealth Management, which is, has just had a name change recently. But I'd like to introduce her. And we're here today to talk. Where there are three women in this studio, and we all have different experiences as women. Uh, for instance, I don't have children, and, and you both do. Uh, but we all work in what has been thought of as a man's field. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to talk about that. And also we're going to talk directly to women about their own investments and how to how to look uh, at that differently. And Sonida might have some words of wisdom for us there. Okay. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I'm, I was honored to ask to be, to be here with you. Thank and you. So I'm really happy to tell my story. 
Okay, yeah. so do you mind talking about the name change first, just so that we have so that people who knew you under a different name will find you now under Clarity Wealth Management? Yes, we were previously uh, Steadfast Wealth Management. Mm -hmm. We had an issue with the word um, Steadfast, so we had to change, make a change um, to our new name, Clarity Wealth Management. But we had originally chose Steadfast because it's a very good word. It kind of describes what our strategy is at mm -hmm. the investment firm. We like to build um, investment portfolios that are steadfast, you know, that are really a base. Um, but Clarity is also similar to that. So we made the switch over to Clarity, which is still really a great name and uh, with still the same philosophy. But now we're adding, uh, you know, be, having a clear view of what you really have in an in investment portfolio. So that's really important for us at Clarity. Yes. Uh, I actually like the name better because, as you know, one of my favorite things to do is to name companies and come up with descriptives like that. And what I like about Clarity is that it puts more emphasis on the person than on the portfolio. That's So true, that yes. they will clearly understand what they've got, which is a big beef of mine. I always tell people, if you don't understand what you have, you shouldn't have it. Either speak to an advisor who can explain it to you in a way that it makes sense to you, or you're in a danger zone. So I love the, the idea of Clarity in the name. That's great. So yeah. congratulations on the name change. Thank you. So in full disclosure, you and I have worked together some on the side. And one day we were having lunch and an interesting topic came up. And I immediately scooped you up and said, would you be willing to talk about this on the air? And it has to do with the recent birth of your two children. Yes, I have a nine-month-old uh, boy at home. He His name is Charles. And I have a four-year-old. Uh, her name's Adeline. And she goes to a little school. And... We were talking about how having children has affected me at work and my work mm -hmm. um, currently at work. And I was telling you a little bit of my hardships in my in my field and the little bit of the lack of understanding of what goes into motherhood. And one of the studies that I or not a study, but an article that I read talked about the economic effect of breastfeeding in the workplace. And I was offended by the article because I said, oh, <laughs> how can you put a price on this? This is just a little baby and a mama who wants to feed this baby, feed right? this baby and raise the best child uh, for society. Well, I don't know for society, but for definitely for myself. And so I started talking about my own personal um, journey through, through my work experience and how I have had to make switches in my life. Uh, you, like you said, in, in a man's world, to kind of accommodate my my work and my children. And one of the um, biggest changes I made was actually starting Clarity Wealth Management. I started the firm with a partner who had children as well, and we wanted to focus the organization, one, in what we believed was the right thing for investment portfolios, but two, also being family-friendly. Mm -hmm. That was really important to both of us because sometimes, you know, if you are in the office in any line of work you are in, you always have to stop and take care of your kids, no matter what day it is. And when companies don't understand that, it really puts a drain on employees. Mm -hmm. So when we decided to move on to start this company, we, you know, we, we took all of our knowledge on how we wanted to do investments and also create something that was family friendly mm -hmm. and give value to the people who um, are raising kids. Now, what's interesting to me about that is it's a man and a woman, right? Your yes. partner is a man. He had the same view as you had. Let's yes. make this family friendly. Okay. Yes, exactly. Just building a little background here. You, yes. You started this company to be family friendly. You both had the same plan about how this might 
grow into the future. Right. We okay. did. Yes. And then what happened? Then my partner, he his wife had a baby. Oh. <laughs> it was actually the beginning, the first, I think it was the first week of our business. We were opening our office and he had uh, his wife had a baby. Um, so we the first week we were closed. So our opening day was May first. He, um, you know, he had to go take care of his wife, and I was in the background, you know, trying to bring the assets in from mm-hmm. our previous clients. And and he, you know, he only took off a few weeks, um, you know, back and forth to help his wife out. And he was pretty. He was back, you know, less than a month. Uh, he was back at work. Mm-hmm. Um, Doing, you know, the same thing we were doing his, before. His normal Picking job. Picking it back up. Yeah. Yep, doing his normal job, taking the phone calls, meeting with people. He was just back at it. Sure. It was really, um, you know, takes up a little bit of his time. But yeah, he picked yeah. it back up and we moved on. I and, will say too that it seems like for most men anyway, a month is extensive. Exactly. Normally, I'm, I'm just remembering, I think it was like a week at the time for, for dads that you know, maybe took a week off. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of dads that went back to work the next day. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, that that's only a more recent thing where men are getting maternity leave of some sort. Right, yeah. yes. Um, actually, he did get maternity leave um, yep. from the state. Uh, so he did have that opportunity. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely changing. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, he was in and out of the office for maybe like a week, but, mm-hmm. you know, or like maybe for a month. But yeah, after that, he came back and got Nor- to Just it. like normal, yeah. Got to it. Nothing... You know, like nothing had happened, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on the backside, once uh, a few months after, I had a son. So this is about a year after. Mm-hmm. I had a baby. And three months before I had Charles, I stopped functioning, com- not completely, but functioning normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I lack of sleep. You can't sleep when you're towards the end of your pregnancy. You can't mm-hmm. sleep. Sure. And... I started to slow down. I had to cancel a lot of meetings because I couldn't continue. I couldn't yes. sit in a room and smile. I thought, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> this baby's taking up a lot of room. I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, you can't breathe. Going and, up the stairs yeah. is a challenge. Yeah, you're, you're sitting about, in back pain and everything. Back pain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. goodness. Washing dishes, forget it. You're like, no, let the, throw them in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and the health, the-, the health of the baby and all of that is, health, is yeah. you know, tied to your body. Right. You can't just go home and say, I'm, I'm done for now, you know, put the baby over there is still within you and right. absolutely part of your being. Right. right. And so, and then you're going to the doctor almost every week because mm-hmm. of my age, I was over 40. Sure. Once you get to, to an older age, you know, there's more risks. So I had, you know, at weekly doctor meetings and then I had my son. And once you have a baby, you're out, you know, lack of sleep, uh, nursing them, they feed often um, yeah. throughout the night, yeah. throughout the day. So for the first three months, you really are not yourself. You know, I'm still yeah. taking phone calls. I'm still going into the office mm-hmm. part-time. Right. But I can't pick up and just continue like a man can do that. You know, it's mm-hmm. just impossible. There's just no way you can do that. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think that around six months, my partner came to me and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm working. <laughs> and he said, Oh, you're not working like you used to. And I said, no, I can't. Right. I'm still nursing a baby and I'm still trying to get him to go through the process of, 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 you know, taking care of this child. And he wasn't as understanding as I thought he would be. It was, which was, uh, enlightening to me. I said, oh. Considering he went through it with his wife. Yes. Right? Yes. I said, oh, oh goodness. You don't realize that I'm, 
I'm barely sleeping and I'm, you know, and I'm still here and I'm still taking phone calls and I'm yeah. still having meetings. And he pointed out that I was not being as productive. And it really was a, a moment of it's different for men and women. You know, mm-hmm. yes. it's just not the yeah. same. Um, and are, do you consider yourself to be the senior partner? Like, was it, did you start the business and bring him in or was it the other way around? I, when I start, when I uh, thought about this, yes, I was going to be, um, I was going to start the business on my own. Mm-hmm. I decided to bring him on because I really wanted a partner mm-hmm. uh, to join me. I didn't want to do it alone. I think it's good to have more than one person to do things. Mm-hmm. It's nicer. It's just a much better way of to me, to do business or, you know, to have some somebody who c- you can run things. Yes, to not be on your own all the to time. To not be right? on your exactly. own, especially yep. in investments. You know, yep. sometimes you see the world one way and somebody else can be like, no, that's actually not how it works. Yes. So yep. it's really good to have another person's feedback. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so I did ask my partner to, to join me. So it wasn't, though, it wasn't that he was running an agency, he employed you, and you weren't stepping up to the plate. It no. was it was really a partner, a colleague saying, you know, you're not getting it done here. <laughs> what, right. What's going on with you? You're not getting this done. It, it's interesting to me. Do you know if his wife worked or works? No, she doesn't work. Ah, so he may have a very different viewpoint then yeah. of how that's supposed to happen. Very that's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't think about that, but yes. Yeah, I was just thinking while you were telling that story that um, you know, gee, this guy should have been on the beam if his wife just had to do this and go back to work. She must have been telling him every day how hard it was. But if she is not working outside of the home, then he does have a different viewpoint. And as you've just pointed out, <laughs> two people can have a very different sense of reality. Yes. So interesting. I do also think that unless you're like walking in those shoes, somebody can tell you how busy they were and how tired they are. Yes. You don't realize it. Like I do notice like a lot of moms love the kids all day. Like you didn't really do a lot, but you had them all day. Yeah. Dads don't understand until they have them for more than an hour. And then it's like, what, sure. what could you possibly do with them for 12 hours a day? <laughs> well, it's emotionally exhausting. Let me ask you, Jess, because, you know, you're on the, you're the news director. You're on the morning show. You do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. What time do you get up in the morning? Oh, I get up at 4. And like 3.30, 4 o'clock. And you're here in the studio at what time? At 4.30. At 4.30. Yeah. And you have how many children? Two. I've got um, Madden and Natalie who are 4 and 5. Oh, yeah, And yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I've worked all across the country, but one of the main reasons why I wanted to come back here, too, is that many a day, you, you lucked out today, but you'll see Madden in the back corner over there or Atlee under the desk. Oh, really? Because I'll, br- I'll bring them in to do stuff. Yeah. Usually not when I'm on the air because you never know what they could yell out in the background. Sure. But um, yeah, having a place that you can go and be able to bring your kids is a real luxury. Do any of the men that work here ever bring their children? Um, I would say no. And maybe dogs, but not children. And I do think even now, I know times are changing, but I do think even now, even as the kids get older, it really falls, if they're sick, if there's a parent-teacher day at school, Mm -hmm. if there's a day off, an in-service day, whatever it might be, it does most of the time fall on the mom to figure out what you're going to do with the kid for that day. Dads, you know, might help work that out, but most of the time they're not staying home from work. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. Some families are flip flopped. I mean, to be fair, there are mm-hmm. there are many people that are listening to this right now who might say, "Hey, lady, you know what? I'm the mom. You know, I'm the dad here doing." And, everything. and I agree, there are exceptions, um, but I do still are. think it's the majority. Is is women yeah. at least worrying about it constantly in your head? Well, I was going to say that we are different. I I, I don't see myself, and and I'll ask this of Sonida as well. I don't see myself particularly as a feminist. I feel more like an egalitarian, but it might be because I don't have children. Right. 
But the general consensus is that women see things differently than men see things. We worry more than men do. Warriors versus warriors, right? Mm -hmm. W-O-R-R versus W-A-R-R. And I just think that's, it's a fact of life. We are, we are wired differently. What we do about it is, um, you know, is uh, up to us about how we change society going forward. So um, we're at a break time, but I want to, when you come, when we come back with Sunida, I want to talk to her more about her involvement in some of the women's organizations and how women's opinions and experiences might differ regarding their own investments. Okay. More to come. Financial fitness with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, right here on WHMP. Have you heard about Get the Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to getthetea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off, it should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 to get 10% off your order exclusively for my listeners. Again, getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler, along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, who's not only in studio, but has a guest today. Sonida Batista from Clarity Wealth Management. And I'm just really happy to have her here. One of the things that I like about Sonida is that she really... Uh, is very generous with her own experiences and with her her opinions. And so rather than being very guarded, as a lot of people are, especially when they're in investments, she just tells it like it is and says, look, this is what's happened to me and this is how I see the world. And I, I think that's always valuable. Anytime we get an opinion that is sort of raw and honest. Reminds me of someone else I know. Mm. Oh, dear. Mm. (laughs) The money doctor herself. She tells it like it is. I I think I'm just opinionated. (laughs) I I don't know. So, you know, before the break, I was saying that I don't see myself necessarily as a feminist, but I do see myself as an egalitarian. But I wonder, because you've been involved and are involved in some women's organizations, do you view yourself as a feminist? That's a good question. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. Uh, You know, I think for myself... I I don't think that I don't think so. Yeah. I think that I started I, so I'm currently the president of the Amherst Women's Club. Yes. And which is the, how we met actually. Which is how we met. Amherst yes. Women's and Club. Before yep. that I was I was the president of the Beacon Hill Women's Forum. Yes. And one of the things that I learned about this is I want I want to uplift women. Mm-hmm. That's really what what I believe in. But I would say that I love my husband and I love my dad and I love my son. So as much as I want to support women, I also want to support men. Yes. Because I think it's yeah. really important that as we support each other, we are also advocating to support our 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 boys and our husbands and our fathers yes. to be better people in the world. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way that if they learn what we need, it's much easier for them to um, to deal with us, right? To understand. <laughs> and you I know. would say vice versa as yes, well. Yes, exactly. Vice yes. versa. But right. I, I really, I like really uplifting women, which is why I have the set, you know, I have, I'm part of these organizations and I'm a big believer in friendships. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm also a big believer in talking about things. I think that the (laughs) only way (laughs) that we can um, fix problems is by saying what's, what is the problem Mm -hmm. and not creating, not making something be a taboo. And so am I a feminist? I don't really know the answer to that. I don't really love those labels anyway, because I think that, you know, what people perceive as a feminist may be somebody with a a picket sign, you know, constantly arguing or whatever. But I think uh, you've said it very well. You want to support women and uplift women. 
probably because, and I'm going to put words in your mouth here for a moment, but probably because you think there's a need for that and that they don't necessarily have the same shot as a man has in every area of life. Now, in, in some areas, we we benefit, right? I mean, that's just how it goes. But the thought about being able to talk about things and being open about it is very effective if it isn't overdone. If you aren't perceived as somebody who will talk it to death, at which point people just turn off and won't listen to you any longer, then you can really, if you're efficient and use brevity and you, you're on point, you can really turn people around who will listen. Mm -hmm. There are, will always be people who just will not listen. They will just shut it off and say, this is what I believe and that's it. So tell me a little bit about that, a little bit about Amherst Women's Club, if you don't mind, and then let's talk about investments and women. Okay. So the club is about 130 years old. Actually, the house, yeah, about, yes, the club's 130 years old. It's been around, um, you know, for a long time. And the it, there's two parts to it. There's the Amherst Women's Club, which is a, which brings women together to make new friends of different interests. So if you have, you know, whatever your interest is, just come over and make a new friend. And then there's the Amherst Women's Clubhouse, which is the Hills Memorial's house, Hills Memorial Clubhouse. And that was actually given to the Amherst Women's Club to do um, civic duties. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things that we focus on is raising money for scholarships and giving grants to community um, community organizations that are helping the community. Sure. So so that brings us back to money. Yes. Um, so I, I say this about myself too, is that uh, I may have done some different things earlier in my life, but they always seem to be uh, centralized around money in some way, around making things better for people uh, financially. And so talk to me a little bit about how you, what you would tell women in general that to start with that might be different for them in the investment world. What, what's different for women than men right at the start of thinking about investing? So my experience has been that women are very conservative with their investments. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that I have seen is that women tend to keep their money in savings accounts, mm. earning very low interest. It's been my number one thing that I have seen over and over and over. And I think, you know, I ask, you know, why don't you want to put in the money? And they say, oh, I'm terribly afraid. I don't want to lose any money. And yes. that is one of the biggest problems that I have seen in different accounts. And while men are different, Men will be like, put all my money in the most aggressive portfolio possible, and Total I want to make takers. the most money that you can make me. Yeah. So one of the uh, some of the seminars that I have done in the past have actually focused on that trait mm -hmm. is very being very conservative. So I want to, I try to explain to them, you know, if we move the money into a, an investment that makes you a little bit more, you know, would you be more comfortable? But mm -hmm. obviously, always talking about there's always risk in all the investments that we put you in. But, and one of the biggest things that I've done is actually educate. Yes. And which is where the clarity comes in. I want them to take the money out of this 0% interest bank account. And where they're put it, losing money every day money from every inflation. Day because sure. I tell them, you know, $100,000 is not going to be very, it's, it's not going to be very much in 10 years. It's yes. still going to be close to that $100,000 mark. That's right. So yeah. if you move it into a an account that, you know, you can put bonds or higher investments with a little higher bit yields. more risk, but you, yeah. can, you can actually make a little more money. I never want to take an investment portfolio and put in the highest risk because you don't want people to be uncomfortable. You don't want right. them to come in the next day and say, I lost, you know, 
yeah. $10,000, like, how can, how dare you? You know, so I really try to educate and, and explain, you know, if we put it here, this is, this is what's going to happen. And I really like the word steadfast because I really like building portfolios that people understand and that are sturdy, mm-hmm. something that's the cornerstone of your life. Mm-hmm. And so when we go into building these portfolios, you know, I say, you know, what happens, um, the, what happened the following day after COVID? What did you do? And a lot of them say, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, really? And I say, don't worry, because I'll tell you, you got yes. up and you got breakfast. Yeah. And you got up and you used your phone. You went to your car, went to the, you know, did something. So you used all of these essential things. You know, Kellogg's was there. Kimberly Clark was there. Mm-hmm. General Mills was there. Verizon was there. You mm-hmm. were able to get water. So build you put your, fuel in your car or you whatever, right? Exactly. Car. Build your portfolio right. with these staples yeah. and that you know are going to be there after tra- after these big things. Catastrophes, Even yeah. if the market goes down, it's going to come back up because tomorrow you're going to have to go buy bread. So trying to build these portfolios is is kind of how I get them off. You know, I don't, I never want to <laughs> put too much risk, but always say, you know, you have to make a little bit more than this um than the zero percent that you're getting at the bank, yeah. or well, now it's five percent at the banks. I want to ask you about something that is one of my pet peeves, um, and it's that when I see couples and I'm asking about their assets and we're starting to plan these things, very often the woman will not have very much saved for retirement, if anything, and the plan will be we're going to retire when my husband reaches a certain point, when mm-hmm. my husband's portfolio reaches a certain point. It's always a they see the wealth in the family, even though it's in his name as their combined wealth. And so they are not necessarily funneling enough into their own in case something should happen to the marriage or whatever. They're often content to just be the beneficiary on that, to think, okay, well, when he retires, you know. So the effort is put forth into him funneling all the money into the 401k and getting as much built as he can, and very little on her, not just investing, but on on how her finances look individually within the relationship. And that always worries me. But tell me your slant on that. I do think women have to have their own pot of money. Mm-hmm. You do need to have your own account. You need to have enough money to be able to at least six months worth of expenses. Mm-hmm. Not that you're going to get divorced or that your husband's going to die suddenly, but you really need to be able to feel independent. It's really important because it feels good. And it might be some of your husband's money. Yes, it, it could be because if you're not working, that's where the money comes from. But having, you know, have a conversation with the husband, with your husband and or your spouse or your partner and say, you know, I really want to feel um, empowered. Mm-hmm. Even if this, you know, $20,000 is just under my name earning whatever amount of interest or you can buy a bond with, you know, right. whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. But definitely have some money of your own and talk to your husband about this because it's a conversation that should you should have with your spouse and they will understand that there is a need for you to have that, um, some stability for yourself. And it's a mental relief. Yeah, we, we hope so. Um, yes. Sometimes I will, I will say to people, have this kind of conversation with your partner and tell them you know, that, that you need this. The underlying problem is that money is power. And even though you may not use that or think you're using it in your relationship, it's always there. And so if one person in the example you gave is not working and they don't have their own money, Every time they need something or want something, they have to go to the other person and basically ask permission. I need some money. Mm-hmm. Or they dip into the account automatically because they have a debit card, and then there's a fight later on. Where did the money go? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, you are equal individuals in a relationship like that. You should be on equal footing. 
And you probably both have the same sort of goals. We're going to get to this end point at a certain time, and we both need to be on the same page to do that. So what I end up telling them is let's pay attention to your debt load, as you as you know. Mm-hmm. Let's pay attention to your budget. Let's pay attention to your investments. And that's where I might bring someone in like you and say, you know, you're on the same page. You're you're parenting together. You've bought a house together. You're, you know, you each have similar cars you're driving. Get on the same page and stop looking at gender. Stop, you know, just plan this equally. Where is where is spouse one? Where is spouse two? Instead of where is the wife, where is the husband? Or in partner cases, I tend to see partners, people who call themselves partners, uh, leveler across the playing field. So anyway, I do want to ask you, we have about a minute left, and I want to ask you what parting words of wisdom you would have for women. If you, if you can, I'll give you the last word for a minute. Knowledge is power. Mm. That's really my, my words. Uh, really try to understand what you're doing. Look for help. The more you know, the stronger you are. And having, having your own pot of money is really important uh, just for your own sense of you know, security and sure. um, strength. Well, thank you very, very much, uh, Sunaida Bautista from Clarity Wealth Management. Uh, locally here, it, well, are you? Well, we have our main office is in Greenfield, but I have an office in the Montague Book Mill. Yes. So if somebody wants to come and have lunch with me, they're always welcome to come by. What a lovely place to have lunch. I love that. I also do want to get an update on the book. I know you were doing a little revamp. Oh, the book has been re-released. Retire Debt and Retire Well has been re-released with new information. It's live on Amazon in paperback form now and in hardcover within a few days, I think. And uh, happy to get copies to people. They can order them on Amazon, paperback, hardcover, or Kindle. You can download it digitally. Um, or you can contact us, of course, for copies. And also, if you want to send in a question to info at hugyourmoney.com or to jtyler at whmp.com, and we happen to use your question on the air. You get a free copy. You get a free copy. <laughs> I love it. All right. How can people reach out to you? Thanks. They can reach us at 413-773-3333 or on the web at info at hugyourmoney.com. Thank you so much for coming in today. We appreciate it. All right. We'll be back next week right here on WHMP. Have you heard about Get The Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to getthetea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off, it should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 for 10% off exclusively for my listeners. Getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, The Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well, all under the Hug Your Money umbrella. Hi, I'm Carrie. In the fall of 2020, I got diagnosed with a large spinal cord tumor. I am on full-time disability. A little over a year of not having any pay on my part literally destroyed us financially. Sometimes feels like you're on a boat that has no rudder out in the ocean. Who do you look to to regain that control? I'm getting emotional again about it. We're much better off than we were even a year ago. I'm Mike, I work in law enforcement. Uh, What makes me the happiest is that there's someone there to help. Debt, budget, retirement. Hug works best when we work together. 
Schedule your free consultation with a Hug Your Money coach today. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented.